welcome to the Down at Bellevue podcast, talking all things true. Hello and welcome to the Down at Bellevue podcast. I'm Ian with my co-host now, Dan, who uh, some might know as Trinity Ramblings on Twitter. Hello, Dan. And we've also got Amy with us, who uh, some of you might as well know as the person that tweets Ben Jones Bishop incessantly on Twitter. Yes. Hello, Amy. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously the natural time to start a brand new podcast is when the season's ending, because there's going to be loads of stuff to cover during the off-season. Um, that aside, what we thought we'd do is we thought we'd bring our first episode in by looking through the season as a whole um, and seeing what our opinions as, as fans who go to most games, I'd say. Probably these two go to more games than myself, but um, what went right, what went wrong, and everything in between, and every news article in between. And uh, yeah, so I guess as it's our first episode, it's a bit like our pre season. So, shall we start with that then? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, go on then, Dan. Um, so, we made a few signings, didn't we? Yeah, I were. Um, I thought we made a few good signings um, coming into twenty twenty. I think my favourite probably uh, Alex Walker. Watched him a lot at London. Thought he had a lot, a lot to offer in attack. Um, don't think we saw the best from this year through injuries. Uh, I think he got injured against Leeds actually in pre season, which probably set him back a couple yeah. of months, which wasn't ideal. But I was a big fan of that signing. Uh, Jay Pitts as well. I think they were probably two of the three stand out for London. The other one being Eddie Batty, who obviously we've uh, we've just had the absolute privilege of watching throw himself around rugby field. Um, yeah, I, I think we, I thought I didn't think as um, as pre-season signings were uh, too bad. To be fair, were quite positive. I think Joe Weston and the experience that he could bring, and I think he has shown that uh, post lockdown. Even when we were getting beat quite a bit, he looked like that man that could change things. He could create something. Um, Looked very good with the ball in hand and looked to be a natural leader. So, I think signings-wise, I thought we did quite well in the uh, off-season. I was quite excited by quite a few of them. What about you, Amy? What was what was your thoughts on on the pre-season yeah, I think signings? I agree. To be honest, I think it was like one of the best pre-seasons in terms of actually getting excited for announcements. Like you didn't feel like you were going to get let down. Um, I think the most exciting for me was Joe Westerman because he was my like favourite non-Wakefield player. Um, so that was quite exciting. And I think he's been great for us. Um, and obviously then just keeping hold of people like Adam Tangata. Cause we, and we had Remain and uh, Chris Green before, didn't we? Um, and I think they were great for us, just sort of getting us through that back end of the season and then keeping hold of them. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you a little bit. Um, I think, like Dan said, I was really happy with the Alex Walk signing. I thought that was a really good bit of business. Um the kid played for London really well. I remember watching him in the uh, Million Pound game against Toronto where I think he had about 14 dislocated fingers and he still managed to tackle everything that moved. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a really good sign. I was really interested in uh, Josh Wood as well. I thought, this kid, all right, he's not getting in this um, this Salford team, but they've just got to the grand final with a consistent lineup for however long it was. And I remember seeing him play against us, I think it was, and he, he looked really really aggressive, really aggressive in his tackling. And I think post-lockdown, he definitely showed that. But 
as well, I think Joe Westerman, like you both said, was a really good bit of business, a lot of experience there. Um, and I think to, experience is always a good thing. I do think we probably went a bit over the top with the experience. The yeah, squad. definitely. Um, like I've, I've got down here that we, okay, so they signed for us technically the year before, but Ryan Atkins as well signed for us. And like Atkins is one of my favourite players from, from the first spell, but in the second spell, you just felt he was a bit too old to, to go around again. And um, yeah. I felt like last year we were sort of um, signing players based on sentiment. Like we kept hold of Kermo, we had Bruff, we had Atkins, and it almost felt like you were back in like 2010, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah, it feels nice because it's bringing back their memories, but I don't know how that's going to work really. Because um, all the positions that they played, it was like, they're going to get found out if they're not going to be quick enough or, you know, just can't keep up to the pace Super League anymore. Just on just on um, pre-season signings as well, a bit of a strange one that happened. And I'm really interested to hear your take on this, Dan. Um, Ryan Hampshire so telling everyone that he's leaving after the London game and then deciding that he's going to sign a new contract with us after after the club and him both said, oh, yeah, we're not, we're not renewing. What was What was your thoughts on that? The whole situation was a little bit strange. I got I, I got a feeling that the club wanted to keep him, which obviously came out true. You know, it came to be true because he signed again. And I, I got the feeling that he never want, really wanted to leave. You know, I think I think it, it by the that it came down to money, and you know, everyone's got their worth. And if he thinks he's worth X amount of money, that's up to him. Uh, yeah. Maybe he didn't get what he wanted. It wasn't sort of getting off from other clubs for that money. I think he's he's a handy player. But I I almost think his his problem is that he's 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 very good in quite a few positions. You know, he can play fullback really well. He can do a job at standoff, and I don't think he's ever sort of shackled down a, a sole position. I think that's almost to his detriment in a way. Yeah, yeah, I probably agree with you. I think is he a fullback? Is he a halfback? I think I've got my own opinion on that. And, um, I'm not really a massive fan of him when he's when he's our starting seven. I think he's I think he's probably a good option to have in that role. But when you look at the amount of fullbacks we have now, and I know we're going into mid-season signings when we're talking Gigo, but we've got Tony Gigo, we've got Alex Walker, um, Max Jowett as well, um, who probably for me is the best of the lot, and, and Ryan Hampshire, who can all play fullback. And three of them can play in the half as well. So it's a bit like... Did did we need him? I guess I guess the answer is yes because he he has played most of the games. Um, it just it was just a bit of a strange one, really, wasn't it? I think Ryan Hampshire's problem is probably that he actually prefers playing at halfback, and actually is probably a more natural fullback. So I think there's sort of a bit of a conflict there between what he's actually good at and what he actually wants to do. Um, and like I say, he's a good utility player. Like he's played on the wing, did a job for us. And you know he's been good for us, and he's kicking yeah. games come on since the restart. Yeah. But I think we've got better fullbacks in Max Jowett and better halfbacks potentially. But I I think that's a a weakness we've had in the squad for quite a while, um, because we tried to make the squad around Donny Brough, and that didn't really work. Yeah, um, yeah. So after after we signed all these well players um, that we thought were going to be really good for us and probably 
give us a really good chance to get in that fifth spot. I, I, I was pretty hopeful, I'll be honest. Um, pre-season starts and we ha- always play Leeds on Boxing Day. Thoughts? <laughs> I, I, I never read too much into these Boxing Day games. I love going to Leeds on Boxing Day. I think with the time of year, I always get a few minutes to have a trip down to Leeds. It's, it's always a good day out, and you know, a little bit it gets that you get that that rugby feeling back. You know, you think the season's only a month away. I, I don't read too much in, to be honest. Obviously, you want to win. It's a nice confidence boost if you if you do. If you don't, you know, it's it's a good it's a good blowout for for the players to uh, blow some cobwebs, get rid of the Christmas dinner. But I, I personally, I never, I've never in the twenty years I've been watching read too much into that Leeds game. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, f- for me, I think the thing I want to go watch Le- uh, the Leeds game for on Boxing Day is to see the next generation. I'd, I'm not bothered. I, like, I know they want to build some partnerships and stuff. and I guess it didn't help that we only had three games this pre-season. But for me, I want to see... I want to see your Jack Crofts. I want to see Harry Bowes. I want to see Lee Kershaw flying down the wing. That, they're, they're the three things out. Not just them three, but that's the sort of thing I want to see on Boxing Day. And we went the really experienced side, and, and to get turned over, I was a bit like you say. Probably can't read into it too much. We've probably had good seasons when we've been battered on Boxing Day. We've probably had bad seasons when we've put points on leads. And yeah, I think part of, part of that is with it, it is a nothing game at the end of the day. It, it is a nothing game, but I always feel a bit worried when we put a strong team out and they're not able to compete like they didn't. Yeah, I, I think for me it's about seeing new signings. Like it's about seeing them for first time in colours and just being like, is this gonna work for us and is it not? And obviously you can't read too much into it, but it's a good first impression of how they're fitting into the squad and the buy-in from them. Um, and I look at the Boxing Day game as I look for individual performances more than a team performance. Yeah, we might not be jailed and we might not put um, a set plays together, but individually, are people having good games and are they going to do a job for us for the rest of the season? And I think that's a really good opportunity. I think that's all you can really take from a Boxing Day game because at the end of the day, it's, it's on Boxing Day. That's fair enough. And like you say, they are, they are just pre-season friendly. So, I mean, after that, we played Hull KR. Um, in a game that kind of got overshadowed, uh, really, by Mossy, Mossy Masoy's injury. And obviously, that wasn't that wasn't nice to see. And like you say, the game, that game, I don't really remember too much because I was more concerned about Mossy's welfare. And I know he's not one of our players, but you still don't want to see that on, on a rugby pitch. No, you don't. And I think that's fair. And I think that probably uh, reflected in Hulkia's performance because yeah. it were, it shook him and it's going to um, it's gonna shake anyone. Um, and I think, you know, it's just one of them that's freak accident and it were just the talk of the game rather than the actual result. Yeah, I've got to agree with that really. I, th- I think as soon as that happened, the game almost lost its... I won't say it was pointless, but I think other than it was kind of going through the motions for the next 40, 50 minutes, however long it was after he went off injured. But I think one thing that's got off the back of that, and obviously we've seen it with Rob Brewer as well, the way that teams from the Super League, the Championship, the amateur clubs, ex-players, ex-pundits have come together for Mossy Masoy 
and Rob Burrow is just incredible. The amount of money that's been raised and the awareness. I know Barry McDermott, I think he's just started that Burrow 7, that horse racing scheme. And it's obviously, it's one of the worst things that you can see happen to both of them. But what's come of it, you know, where they've come together, it's, it's so heartwarming to see, especially in the, the times we're in at the moment. Yeah, I think I think you were I think we're all basically on the same page with that one. I think that's probably probably fair. Um, and then after that, we played uh, Huddersfield and got beat. And I was there; it wasn't a great performance. Um, yeah, like you say, though, we've already covered it. It's pre-season; it, these sort of things happen. I think by the third pre-season friendly, when you're only playing three, though, you expect to see some sort of creativity at least they've been working in pre-season and, and I felt it was missing I don't know about you if you were there uh, to be honest I can't remember if I were there so that's as it all isn't it um, <laughs> it was freezing it was absolutely freezing I feel like I probably did go um, but I just the fact that I can't remember it probably says it all yeah I, I, I can't, again I can't remember if I went or not but I, I do remember that that was when I did start to worry. I think we got we got one try in I think with the seventy seventh minute, and I think even that when I, when I remember out even that was a I think a, a dodgy referee call. Yeah. Um. So that for me that's when I started to worry a little bit. But with Huddersfield, I I, I always had a feeling that Huddersfield would do quite well this year. Yeah. With the sign of Caesar and um, keeping Wolf, I think that was a good move for them. So turned out that way. How did it? It didn't turn out that way but at the time. I um, I did, didn't worry. To, I, I, I was worried in the sense of how many points we scored, but I wasn't too worried about getting beat by Huddersfield. It was it was it was a strange one for me. Huddersfield. I always expect to get beat by Huddersfield because I feel like we're they're our bogey team. Like we yeah, just probably. can't. Yeah. We just can't get a result with them. So I don't think that I was too disappointed. But it's just I'm quite optimistic going into this season, and yeah, you know. I think, to be honest, I think the whole mood was optimistic. I think part of it, though, was it did concern me that we only played three games. Like, and I know that, and I know that the time they tried to explain it is we want to make sure our players are fit and ready because we had a horrible season for injuries the year before. But I felt like they were going into it a bit undercooked, and I think from the first game of the actual season, Hulkier away, it kind of showed that. I mean. I wrote some notes for this, and uh, the first note I wrote was Ryan Atkins on the wing, which kind of said it said it all really. Um, Amy, what what were you thinking? Uh, worst birthday I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would just, it would just, it would just. I I can't even like think of the word, but I just felt heartbroken. Like, I just thought, I felt so optimistic going into that game, and I thought we are going to put a right score on him here. And then it just all just fell apart. And I was like, what am I watching? Like, there's just no effort, and there's just no teamwork at all. It was just like, we just didn't look a patch on what we had the season before. And it was just like, we had a full-strength team. And I just... Yeah, I felt really, really sort of downhearted about it because I was just like, oh, if this is all the season's going, God help us. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, well, um, I think I went to that game as well. I mean, 
The one thing I took into account with that game was it was Tony Smith's first game that Hulk had team. We'd made a hell of a lot of signings. Um, he had a full pre-season. We all know Tony Smith's one of the greatest coaches in, in, in rugby league. Yeah. It, so I kind of expected Hulk KR to come out and do something special. But at the same time, and they, and they did that, and they were better than us, and they deserved to be as 100%. And I kind of came with that game disappointed with what I'd seen. But almost thinking, well, if that's what Hull Car are going to be this year, you know, that they, they could be there or thereabouts in the mix. Because you know, we know Tony Smith can work wonders. So I I was as disappointed as I was because it was freezing cold and it was it seemed like a hell of a long drive back. But I it's didn't the worst ground to get to as well. And Sorry, it's, yeah. it's not the great the, the, the traffic getting out like ground is shocking. Um, if I remember rightly, I had my car was very low on oil coming back, so I had to try and put some oil in in minus three in the middle of Hull about quarter to ten, which wasn't ideal. Um, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to go too quick on the negativity of that one, just based on the fact Tony Smith first preseason with Hull car and a lot of new players not knowing what they were capable of. So I was disappointed, but not too downhearted with that one. Yeah, it was just the fact we weren't competitive. Yeah, like, I th- just that yeah. yeah, I think as well as what you've both already said, really, I think when I was watching it, I thought this this doesn't look like we've got any cohesion. I thought Westy played all right, and I thought I thought Josh Wood looked looked pretty good when he came on as well. I thought his little try when he scooted and went under the sticks. I thought we've got a good little looker here. Um, Touching back on what Dan said as well, I, I just remembered now. Do you remember them playing like Mossy Masai talking from his hospital yeah, bed? And I thought, thought oh, yeah. they're fired they up. They had emotion there. Yeah. They, yeah, they were fired think, up for that one. Yeah, I think, I think if anything, you know, because it happened against us, obviously it were free accident, but I think they just wanted to put that over on us as well <laughs> for him. Um, and, you know, and, and rightly so, you know, I say it's what happened to him, were obviously awful. And, yeah, I think from the moment they put that message, I thought they're going to be so emotionally and physically invested in this game. It's going to be, we are going to play very well to get something here. Yeah. Um, so after that, we had a couple of good games. Um, we played Warrington, Castleford and Salford. Um, I'm not going to even really mention Cass. So I'll just say we got to be, as usual, move on. Um, <laughs> when it, we played Warrington next up, um, and they they put a strong side out. I, when I was looking through it again, they had Widdop and Austin in the half, and, and I was listening to uh, a Warrington specific podcast the other day, and they were saying Widdop and Austin played together for the first time wearing six and seven. That's the first time that they've had their number six and seven playing together since about two years ago's grand final. So it was kind of like a bit of a Although they are superstar players and they probably should have been better than they were, they hadn't really gelled yet. And I think we probably didn't realise that at the time. Um, as well, I think Luther Burrell played and showed everyone why he's a rugby union player, not a rugby league player. His little morning tweet as well after the game. Yes. I don't think I saw that. Oh, it was fantastic. He was moaning about the pitch. and You know oh, what Bellevue can be like when it's a bit, when it's a bit muddy. It's not. It's not it's the nicest underfoot. It's lovely in summer. That's how I describe <laughs> it. It's lovely in summer. Um, what, what do you remember from that Warrington game? 
Yeah, I think from that game, I think, I mean, if I remember right, both the tries came in the last 10 minutes that we scored. Ashurst and Johnson space of two or three minutes of each other. The rest were goal kicks. So I think because it was obviously a bit of a, a boggy pitch and it was a case of take your points where you can. I think we took three or four penalties uh, in the process, which you know turned out to be a very good decision. But that gave me a lot of confidence sort of going to, you know, to Salford in the, the following game because, you know, you're playing against a Warrington team that we know they've got the marquee players and spend a cap. But because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a free play game of rugby, it was, it was maximum effort required and they absolutely matched Warrington on that. And, you know, if you match the best teams on effort when it's like that, you will get wins. And that, for me, held a lot of water. It gave me a lot of confidence that we could, you know, if it, as long as we match teams with effort, what we may lack, you know, in skill where we haven't got a, uh, an Austin or a Gareth Widdop, we can, we can match on effort and we can beat these teams. And, you know, maybe it, it, looking back now, it hadn't turned out like that, but it just shows that, you know, they were playing for each other, which we didn't really see in that whole KR game. Yeah, I think that's probably what was the, the most positive thing to come out of it, was just a sheer improvement. But also the intelligence that went into winning that game, uh, as decision-making and playing the conditions was far better than we've probably played in, in past games. Um, and I think we were fortunate that we had... Um, the opposition had a half-back pairing of an Australian and somebody who's just come over from the NRL. Um, who aren't used to those conditions. So I think we, we played intelligent rugby. We didn't take the risks and we we thought that we made the right decision for ourselves and that's ultimately what got us the win. Just quickly as well, um, before we move on to the Salford game that came up after that, um, Tom Johnston scored his first try after his double ACL and I thought that was such a turning point for him because against Hull KR I was thinking, no, He's lost his pace here, and then and then he went and, and then when he scored against Warrington, um, I thought, nah, he's, he's he's all right. He'll be he'll be perfectly fine. He looked nervous before, like he, he played nervous, and it was a shame for Tom. I think everyone has that soft spot in in them for Tom, and I think uh, yeah, he just looked nervous. Like against Hull KR, he just he was a bit of a shadow of himself. Like he just yeah. didn't seem to look like. Tom Johnston and I think in Warren and as soon as he got over that that try line he was like right yeah I'm back I'm here and I can play. I think it's um, yeah. probably fair to say as well that he's probably the only Wakefield player this year that really hasn't had any criticism from from all the fans. I think throughout the year maybe I could, maybe Kalepi as well actually um, but I can't think of anyone ever criticising Tom Johnson even if he's he might be out of position for a try or something because they know he's the guy that can do something special and, and go the full length of the pitch if we need it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's the one that everyone fights over in negotiation, I'm sure of it. Like, I'm sure we had so much interest from various clubs and we've retained him and I think no matter what poor decisions he might make in defence sometimes. He's working on it and it's it's clear to see that. But as well, everyone's just like, yeah, but it's Tom Johnson and nobody finishes quite like Tom Johnson, so we'll let him off. Yeah, I think I think to come back from not one but two ACL injuries is just you've got to have such a strong because we know how, you know, it, it, it can it takes 12 months to come back. I think you've got to have such a strong state of mind 
to, to do that. And I think credit to the, to him and the club for you know supporting him, getting him through yeah. that. Because when he did it the second time, which I think were against Hull FC away, if I remember rightly. Yeah. I, I remember him going down. I thought you've got to be kidding. He's surely yeah. done that again. And he got stretched off and. And obviously, a couple of days later, it came out that it might not be that, and then it bit more that. And you just thought, how can someone have so much bad luck who's playing yeah. so well? And it's and especially when it's him as well. Like he is, he for me, I don't know. Probably you guys might agree. And there's one or two wingers that can probably argue it. He is the best winger in the Super League for me, and I think yeah, he is. he's the best finisher. Um, and I know people probably will say Tommy Makinson, but for me, Johnston does it. Every time, like I've never seen Johnston miss a flying finish. No, it, I've seen it looks so finish. effortless. Like making yeah. so looks like he tries it hard sometimes. <laughs> I think yeah. he does it to prove a point. Look at me, I play for Saints now, just as good as the Wakefield winger. But you know, <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely put him in that same bracket as as Toy Maker. So these for me, them two are the top two for me without without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah, and then, obviously after that game, like I said, we lost the cast, move on. Um, Salford away, I think it was. Um, we went away and won, which kind of is a rarity this season. Um, I think Atkins probably had his best game for us since he was first spell. I thought he was absolutely so good. And yeah, I think for me as well, Kalepi stood out as an absolute star in that game. Yeah, definitely. I think. I mean, we're obviously now we can look back and we know. Well, for me, I put a job there saying that Clep is my number one this season. Right, shadow of a doubt, every game, 100% effort, throwing himself around, the, the lines he runs, the way he runs with the ball, his passing game, he draws defenders, he looks dangerous. He, he never looks like he's going to go down the tackle. He's always looking for that next pass. He's, you know, you can see he's got a bit of organisational skills in him as well, pointing, around, pointing people around the park. And I think to keep on him for next year is. Uh, a great bit of business and I think that was probably that Salford game when we really saw what he was capable of I think he looked good at the back end of last year but probably still settling in he's obviously come from Australia but I think that Salford game where we saw, really saw what he was capable of and how good he was going to be for us and that's definitely how it's uh, sort of turned out Yeah I mean you don't even need to talk about Clepitanga no idea because everybody just knows is unbelievable and um, I know Michael Carter talked about trying to get an extension deal sorted for him and building the squad around him. And I think we'd be stupid not to because, like, why wouldn't you? Um, he's just absolutely unstoppable and his pace matches wingers and he's yeah. huge. Um, so I just think, yeah, I don't even need to talk about Kalefi probably. <laughs> um, I think going back to Atkins, I think Atkins proved that game why we re signed him. Um, even if he isn't the best or the quickest anymore, I think Atkins pulls on a Wakefield jersey and absolutely plays for the badge 100%. And I, I'm not bothered if we've got the best players or win every game. Um, I just care about 1-17, to 17, pulling on red, white and blue and actually caring that they're in red, white and blue. And uh, I think Ryan Atkins fully embodied that for me. Um, before the re- before COVID pandemic. Yeah, um, I think I think you probably nailed everything with that one. I think Atkins. I think as well as sorry as well with that. Salford win. I think because Salford obviously Salford came off the uh, back of the grand final year before, so 
we know how good they were. Yeah, they lost Jackson Hastings, we know that. But, you know, they brought in Kevin Brown, who's a very experienced player, you know, organisational kicking game. We know what he's capable of. I thought, I ranked that as a really good win at the time. I thought, to go to Salford, where we struggled, I think it was the year before, maybe two years before, we got, I think we put 50 points on us. Yeah. And so I, I really put that up there as, as, a, as a massive win for us. I think, if I'm right, Max Joe got man at March that game and it, it was incredible. Um, you know, creating, supporting, everything. Yeah. So I, I put that as a top win for us, which obviously Salford, I think Salford probably took a, a while to get going based on losing Hastings and bringing in Kevin Brown and Chris Atkin. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a top win. I do think, as we probably will touch on Jarrett a little bit more post-COVID. <laughs> I think Max has probably been our most improved player this season. I think he's shown, for me, why he's our number one fullback. Um, I, I, I don't, it's just my opinion, I guess. Yeah. But I'd agree. Like I was sceptical about Max Jowett in previous seasons when he's been brought on. I've been a bit like, oh, I'm, I'm still not there with him. I'm not convinced. And then this year, especially since the restart, I, like I'll hold my hands up and say I went wrong. Like He should be in the number one shirt and he should stay there and he's just outstanding the the plays he creates and the decisions he makes it's really intelligent rugby from him now and um yeah i'm i'm really pleased that we've kept max show and given him a chance so at this point in the season we've played four games uh one two lost two um we play whole fc at home now i was i'll be honest i wasn't here for that one i was away with with uh in-laws family so didn't actually get to watch it live I watched it on the replays but 27-26 after Golden Point <laughs> story of our season I, I think it was unlucky like I think if we'd have had the ball from the restart of the Golden Point I think we'd have won it was just whoever kicked off that Golden Point um they were going to win and they had Max need and what can you do? Yeah, I think I, I think I, I remember I think I tweeted after that game saying I felt like after that game we were coming back to something like the team of 2017 which after what I've done alright has not come gone the way I thought but I That's thought that game again the way we played attacking plays playing for each other it looks like the 2017 team that we you know was our best season for many years Yeah and when when it went to extra time, and well, I'm, as referee with full time, I turned to my mate and said, "I said the one," and he said, "Well, why?" And I said, "We've got March Need. This is what he does. How many times yeah. has March yeah. Need kicked a one point against us?" Yeah, that's true. It, I think it's, he must do it, it once seems, a season. It's it like, seems to happen. At least, it seems to happen once every game. It's yeah. just best taxes and March Need dropping a goal. You know, it's just yeah, always going to be the case. And I knew what was coming, and I'd kind of made peace with the fact we we're going to lose by a point. Um, before we'd even lost by a point because Marchand is just that good at doing that and he's done it probably four or five times against us. The one I thing I'd... What... Sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan. The one thing I'd probably say from that game, it was kind of a precursor to everything that kind of happened. So we let them get in front a little bit and then we had to come back. Tom Johnson scored a couple of really good tries and we lost it at the death. Um I get what you're saying in terms of 2017 performance. Um, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I, I thought it was a good performance. I thought 
they put a lot of effort into that one and, and they looked they looked reasonably good and I just didn't think we were that at that level. Um yeah, I thought it was a bit of a precursor. I think maybe if you're watching it as a replay, you'd have got that impression. But I feel like in the ground itself, there yeah. were like a feeling there that it were just like, you, it, we'd never lost. We just weren't going to lose that game. And then yeah. as soon as it went to 26 all, it were like, oh, maybe we are going to lose then. But it, it felt more unlucky than than anything else it, it didn't feel like we'd actually earned the loss it, it felt like well we were just unlucky that we got a golden point against Hull and they've got Sneed and yeah it, it was heartbreaking and I hate golden point but <laughs> um yeah I, I think the feeling in the ground were really positive um and there were a lot of belief and a lot of spirit from players as well so I don't know maybe the performance wasn't great but what would you say you hate most? Golden point or the try no try on field decision? Both of you for that one. Uh, I'm gonna go with the try no try. I, I, I even after that game, I I've watched the NRL for years and they've had it in place for a while, and I think that is the way to go. I think as another element, it has a bit more excitement. I think for me, I think I think in the championship they do it where you get a point, even if you're losing the golden point, don't they? Yeah, I won't mind after that game. I thought I won't mind seeing that introduced though, because that's still <laughs> and the, the try, the try, no try. That well, we'll, we'll leave that there because that's <laughs> we um, we seem to almost come out the wrong end of them. So I won't yeah, <laughs> and golden point. So yeah, true. <laughs> I think with golden point, there's nothing wrong with a draw. Like if you battled it out and you're both equally matched, what's the problem? But I think in terms of like we shouldn't be getting on field and video ref decisions wrong and we are and like the Ben Jones Bishop try last week it because of a camera angle that's not competency of refereeing that's competency of cameramen and, and why should we have to rely on that <laughs> yeah, to, I, agree. I think I think it's the lesser of two evils I do think it's the lesser of two evils I think um I get what you're saying in terms of it adds another dimension to the game, but British sport as a whole, sorry to sound like a bit of a gammon, British sport as a whole is built on relegation promotion, wins, losses and draws. Every sport has it. Mm. When you're talking the elite sports anyway, you know, rugby union and football and I guess, I don't know if netball has it, but I assume it does because they're a proper sport now. Um, When it comes to the try no try it's like you say it's not even down to referee competence anymore it's down to whether a cameraman is quick enough to catch the ball and you you can't disallow a try i know we're getting into (laughs) last week's game a bit but you can't disallow a try for for the camera not being showing i want justice for ben (laughs) (laughs) hashtag justice for ben let's get it let's get going (laughs) it was just it's so infuriating like it it there's just there's no need for it and it feels like rugby league just make all these random decisions to bring in random rules to make the sport more exciting or different or whatever and it's not working so just go back to basics build up your foundation again and then add in some sort of exciting dynamic when you're actually proving that we're a competent and not as controversial a sport as we're actually turning out to be. I do think as well, though, um, 
there's a few things like you just said there the rfl just seems to throw things up in the air and see what sticks so like all right the, the no scrums i guess they kind of needed to do for covid but like the tackle restart and i know that the nrl do it but i just think they seem to think this this obsession with if it's quicker the game's quicker and there's less stops it's better it's for me it's not it reduces the tactical element of rugby league and it's very much it becomes what rugby union say about us where it's just man runs into man gets tackled kicks ball mm. like it's not I, it's not strategic one of the it's weird because they they created the free play rule and then yeah. they got rid of that but that i actually really enjoyed the free play rule it it made people like milky um actually try something and if it don't come off you're not losing anything because you've got no advantage you just go back so they seem to try things have a couple of seasons get rid of them try something else and it's like actually review the decisions that you're making and some are good the free play was very good but this try no try stupid thing i just it's just disillusioning fans and Wakefield are on the wrong end of it. Maybe that's why I'm so bitter. <laughs> when, it, when when I looked at the fixture list, this was the last Super League game before uh, lockdown. Um, we also were meant to play Catalans, but buddy, I can't remember which storm it was, but we had a storm and the game got cancelled. And that's about as many notes as I made on that one. Um, the next game yeah. after this LFC game. Sorry, Dan, were you gonna were you gonna say something? No, I was gonna say I, I remember um I remember looking out the window that Sunday and looking at this rain and this wind <laughs> I thought it's very it's very rare that I sort of think I don't games on today because I don't want to stand out in this. But I looked out the window and thought, I don't want to stand out in this today. And luckily it did get cancelled because I wasn't really feeling the uh, the rain and the wind. I'm sure the players weren't either. No, <laughs> Especially Catalan, given they're used to the uh, yeah so that that was i guess it was kind of like a plus and a negative um it meant that we we had an extra week's rest at some point um the one game that we did play before lockdown and to be honest i I didn't really want to leave it on this point but i guess we have to (laughs) um bradford in the cup um yeah thoughts (laughs) Do you want to go, Dan? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, why not? Um, well, I mean, John Kirkwood back to Bellevue. We knew it was never yeah. going to be easy. He's, you know, he's, he's, one of, he's, he's a great coach. He's been at the top, you know, for 20, 25, 30 years as a coach, plus everything else he does for the game. We know what we know. he knows what it takes to, to beat teams. Uh, they nearly did. You know, they had a young squad. We had quite a, a senior side out, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah was, it was very good. We, we struggled, we limped, we did everything. Um, we got the win. I think that's that's probably the best I can say for us. It was pretty lacklustre. Um, yeah. If I remember right, I think it were uh, Riesling, created a little bit of magic yeah. on the uh, right hand side to, uh, to, to to snatch that win. I think we'd been behind for 60 minutes. I remember yeah. thinking, I don't, I, don't, I don't see us getting in front of you. I, don't, I, I didn't see that spark, but Craig to Eastland. He, uh, he provided that and uh, we scraped, scraped through. Yeah, I, it was weird, wasn't it? Because I just felt like, is this really happening? Like, am I going to wake up in a minute? Because we were shocking. Like, it wasn't even that we put a weekend side out. 
I know that John Keir knows how to play at Bellevue. I know he does his research on his opposition. I rate him very highly as a coach. And Bradford had a point to prove because it was like, well, we beat Leeds last year. We're coming for your Super League. Um, but we should not have been as dire as we were. Yeah. It, it was just... We, the problem with Wakefield, I think, and this is a common theme, if we don't go in as the underdog and we actually go in as, like, probably going to win it, we're probably going to lose it. <laughs> we are far better as the underdog. And yeah. it, uh, we, we drew Bradford and we were like, oh, yeah, easy. <laughs> done um and it just yeah we were we, it was just really bad and I didn't think we were we were winning that game I thought we were very lucky to win that game to be honest I think I think it was sorry in, in, in a sense it were almost very similar to the Billy Powell game in yeah. the sense that I always felt like we, we, we were going to win but and at certain points, you just felt like, "Where we're struggling here," and obviously, yeah, how are we actually going to win it? Yeah, yeah. Any, I mean, any excuse to mention the million pound game again because you know, aha, <laughs> and all that. But <laughs> I just think, yeah, I don't like playing Bradford. They always run us close, but come, right, yeah. come up, come out on the wrong side. But I'll be honest, I just wanted to mention the million pound game though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think what you've both said pretty much covers it. I mean, it was a it was a really strong team. I was I was looking at it yesterday, and I was. I was thinking that's stronger than a lot of the teams that we've had during this like post lockdown thing. Like we had Danny Bruffett yeah. back, and to be honest, it was his last game for us. And he think he didn't really, didn't really run the sad. show as well. And yeah, uh, and it, I, like, I, really, I, I love Danny Bruffett. Like, yeah. Danny Bruff was like when I was little, he was like he was oh, a star. Like he was my favorite player. Yeah. And then when he be signed, I was like, oh, I'm I'm buzzing because. You know, it's Danny Bruff, but at the same time, it felt like, oh, is he over past it? And then I actually think it's really sad that his last game was that game because he should have been going out with a bang, and yeah, he didn't. definitely. I think, as well, the fact that he's signed for Bradford, probably, I think championship is his level now. I, yeah. Like you say, I've loved Danny Bruff. And he, was, he was fantastic even five years ago, but... I think his brain's still there, don't get me wrong. Yeah, his brain, his brain moves faster than his feet. But his, his body, I think he's, he's, he's how old? 38, is he now? Or will it, be next year? And yeah, I think so. I, I do think it probably is the right time for him to go to the championship. Um, I think it was madness probably to give him a two-year deal on hindsight. But Yeah, I think that was And I think it. that goes down to the, the poor recruitment. And I think on the Q&A that they did last night, just a bit of a spoiler for when we're recording this, um, the, the Q&A that they did last night, Carter said that he, he holds his hands up for some of the poor recruitment that, that has been done over the last couple of years where players are only playing a few games. And Well, he said, didn't he, like, you need durability out of players yeah. and you're not going to get that signing 37-year-olds. Yeah. Um, and we, like, we're bringing through a really strong academy team. Like, we've yeah. got Harry Bowes and... Um, who I who I think, to be honest, is going to be an absolute star. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll I do. I, I think um, I know Brad Walker hasn't come through our academy. Yeah. But he is only twenty two, and he looks awesome. That's like good. I think really he's good. going to be great for us. So, I think um, yeah, bit of a funny one to sign it for so long, but it, it was testimonial year as well. So I think that's a bit sad too. But I try not to feel too sorry for him because he plays footballs now, but. Yeah. Um yeah. I think I think we've basically covered everything with, with that now and I think that's basically it for 
before lockdown. I'll just add one thing before we go. Uh, I rewatched the Bradford game to, like in, in its entirety because they've put it on their YouTube site. I don't know why I did it. I thought it'd be a good idea to watch us win because we hadn't won for so long. Um, the worst thing about the entire Bradford game is having to watch it back and Mick Gledel is doing the commentary. <laughs> oh my God, that is so bad. Um, but like, I think Bradford scored in the first five minutes and he's like, we're in for another shock here. Oh, Mick, come on, temper yourself. I know, I know it's yeah, Bradford, but just come on, hold on. Blast him. Um, well, I had an argument with him on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, it's so much fun to wind him up. He's the most fun person to wind up. And the fact he's a Bulls fan as well makes it even better. Yeah. Um, I think they've got a bit of a title read about him, and yeah. I was just like, oh, you're not seriously going <laughs> <laughs> I have to keep reminding that their club only came into, into being in 2017. <laughs> yeah. I was mean, this old Bradford Bulls, I don't know who you're talking about, but they liquidated it for you, a while. Sure you're not talking yeah, are you sure you're not talking about Bradford Northern or something? Cause it mean, must be something like that <laughs> because Bradford the Bradford Bulls where we watched Lindsay Van Akurlo and Sean Sinhack <laughs> and these kind of players, they, they're not a thing anymore, unfortunately. You're in championship and that's where you stay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I think that probably covers us for the um, for the first half of the season. Um, we'll probably reconvene and do the second half of the season in the next couple of weeks and hopefully you've enjoyed listening to us ramble on. Um, I'll put something on my Twitter feed about how, where to find Amy and where to find Dan. Um, to be honest, most of you probably already followed Dan because he, most of the subscribers come from Dan. Um, in terms of letting us know, comment under the, the link I'll put out what you want to hear from us and hopefully we can really get this going and, and give you something to listen to in the off-season and you know, cheer you up when you're thinking about us playing Castleford. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next year's our year. Next I'm year's our year. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah, grand final and challenge cup double. I meant just some it. beating cast, to be no, honest. No, I'm, I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. We're signing. We're signing Cameron Smith on a 14-year deal, and he's going to run us to the finals of both competitions well, I um, thought that's why Wigan signed Jai Field because Jeffrey <laughs> was coming to us but well, that, yeah it makes sense to it we're having we're having him we're having Fui I know he's signed for Rochdale but we're having him because he fits in with the rest of the squad um, so I guess we'll leave it there guys um, thanks for listening to us if you have if you haven't well you won't hear this so it doesn't really matter um, have a good night <laughs>